Hello and welcome to Indie Author Diaries, a weekly diary podcast with two indie writer mums featuring Sarah Gay. Hi everyone. And me, Lisa M. White. <laughs> and we're talking about all things um, indie writing. So today um, we're going to chat about something. Sarah posted a question on the Instagram page uh, last week, I think it was, or a couple of weeks ago which is about what your biggest challenges are as an author. And a couple of different challenges came up. Like one was about marketing, which we've touched on um, before. Like if you haven't listened to that last episode yet, listen to that. Um, and another was about being consistent. And I think, you know, this I thought was a really good one. Sarah and I had a chat and thought, yep, let's talk about this because it's something we've, ch- we've found challenging over time and talked about. And so, yeah, we thought, well, you know, in this whole diary with our goal is basically to set a a baseline for us to reflect on so that in about six months or a year, we can come back and listen and think, so where were we then and where are we now? (laughs) And so um, these are our current thoughts about consistency and kind of what we've been through and what we're kind of trying to do with keeping consistent. And so if this is something you've been challenging with, at finding challenging yourself, then yeah, we'd like to hear your thoughts on it when we post the episode, like just yeah, write us some comments or, or uh, message us via the anchor app. Okay. So we've looked at it and we, we reckon consistency comes down to two main parts. Um, the first I would say is how you show up. So that's your branding. And so that would be, you know, things like, um, using the same image on all your social media and on your, you know, website, having a consistent, you know, style, um, fonts, colors, that kind of thing. Uh, the other way you can be consistent as well as in your tone. So for example, if, um, you know, if you swear a lot in, you know, in your writing, maybe preempting that a little bit in your social media presence as well, just so things are consistent, or if you don't, don't use that language just to, um, you know what I mean? Like I would say get that same kind of image across. But anyway, that's pretty much the notes that I've got <laughs> um, with branding. So I'll be passing that over to Sarah in a moment. The other place we felt consistency was probably the thing people struggle with more um, is about consistency in your actions. So it's things like doing your writing. So you're making a writing habit. Um, Consistency, it could be with blogging, it could be with releasing a newsletter and consistency with marketing. Now, Sarah said something really cool in the last episode. I reckon it was the end of the last episode. She was talking about she tries to do something, correct me here, Sarah, because I can't remember the details, but you try to, you write your list of five things the night before to do the next day. And one of those, you're always trying to do at least something marketing each week. Is that was that what you said? No, I, no, I'll, I try and do a, yeah, I, I try and do a sale once a month. Ah, oh, sale That's once what a I month. try and do. Yeah. So just to keep my books in, in front of people, I do yeah. like a 99 cent sale on, you know, the first book in, in one series and then next month I'll do the next series and just to sort of reach those people that may not have read all of the books. So mm. That's something that I do every month. I think that's excellent. So we'll talk about that more when we go into the consistency in actions um, section. And yeah, basically we've got some points on how to help you create those habits 
um, to be more consistent and to check on yourself to see that you are making progress. But anyway, first of all, let's talk about the branding stuff because um, we're having a, yeah. a little chat. Sarah had some interesting points. And so I'm going to pass it over to you, Sarah. Thank you. Shine your wisdom <laughs> on us. <laughs> my, 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 short, my shorthand wisdom, yes. Um, so branding something that I think is probably one of the most important parts of being an author. Um, people start to recognise uh, your logo um, and, you know, like especially with like covers and things. But with branding, you know, that's something I had to learn. It took me a while because uh, I've probably changed my logo and my branding numerous amounts of times. Um, more for the fact that I wasn't really happy with them um, and they didn't represent who I was as a writer. So I'm happy with what I've got now and with the branding, it's got a match. So the way that my Facebook page looks is the same as how my website looks, um, my Instagram account and all of that, but not just with your author branding, it's also with your books. So you really need to keep set that same scene for each series. So if you like look at my curvy series, they're all beautiful cartoon girls. Um, they're all sort of in the same pose, but they all have like the same font, like you were saying before, Lisa. Um, so when people come across it, they know they've seen a book like that before and they start to put two and two together that, oh, this must be Sarah Gay's curvy series kind of thing and um, hopefully it'll draw it back so I think that's a really important thing and I mean even with business cards you don't have to have business cards but um, you know business cards are great too for branding you know you might be out someone will say I'm an author you can say I'm an author and um, you can hand them your business card um, so that's why I think find a logo you really like uh, and stick to that and like Lisa said when you know, when you're posting on Facebook, branding is also a part of what you like. So if you like animal memes like I do, you know, make sure you post an animal meme once a week or I love unicorns. So I like to try and post unicorns because they, you are your branding and I think people, people want to see the, the face and the personality of the author behind the scenes as well. So I think that's really important and, um, you know, another thing which Lisa and I were just talking about is um, genres, how many genres to write. You know, people recognise you by you might write chick lit like I do and romantic comedies. Um, I tend to, I've actually done a few genres under Sarah Gay. I've done about four or five and... It tends to confuse them. So we were just talking about we really think if you're going to write under one name to write no more than two genres. Mm. Um, just so they know that, that those genres come with you um, because most of the time, I mean, we're pretty eclectic in what we read, but a lot of the time we can confuse people if we have too many things going on and they're like, well, what kind of author is this? <laughs> So that's something that I am only just learning now after years. Can I so, say, um, <laughs> so I've got my own like issue with that. Um, so I've only got the one story out, but I've got 
things written that are in their final stages of editing and will be out next year. So, yeah. Um, I write in fantasy with a touch of romance and they're, <laughs> they're three very different series. <laughs> um, so the first one, like a touch of magic is kind of like contemporary romance with a touch of magic. Oh, it's not romance. It's not romance because it's not only about the two main characters. Um, it's women's fiction with a romance plot in it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so that's like kind of um, very like contemporary with a bit of magic in it. And then I've got the vampire one that I'm writing, which is darker and more classic um, vampire-y. Um, though, you know, but it's not your typical urban fantasy and it's not a male, bare male chest paranormal romance <laughs> either. And, um, and then I've got the werewolf one, which is different again. Um, the closest genre for that will be urban fantasy. And so again, I've got the three very different ones across <clears throat> the one name because I'm not in the position at the moment to start another pen name. I think we were starting to talk about this last week where it's like basically just start with the one thing, get good at that and then move on. Yes. And so for now, um, this is going to have to be my brand. It, I suppose if I have one, I really, I don't know, I'm not really thinking about it so much as a brand, but it's um, probably quirky with... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, left of centre, I'm not sure. Quirky is what, quirky, magical? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and I'm thinking that's just going to have to be enough to be my brand for, for now. Um, yeah. Well, you yeah, know, I mean, it's, I have it's each person's choice. And it's at each least, person's choice. Yeah, at least their fantasy with a touch of romance like the romance is present in each book as a subplot uh, except for the werewolf one um but yeah yeah so i'll let i'll have to let you know how that goes <laughs> <laughs> um but you know having said that though is i think there's also that branding by series as well so each book has a different tone on the cover anyway so people will see oh yeah this is part of that series when they look at it um yeah, but yours are still, they're still fantasy. Um, they're still very much fantasy yeah. with a bit of romance in them. So they can kind of go together. I mean, I did a Christian fantasy series and Chicklet. Yeah, yours and are very different. New Adult Contemporary. And, yeah. you know, they're so mixed in. I mean, people, I, I think they just, like shook their head when I brought out fantasy under Sarah Gay. They were like, what? Yeah, no, I agree. That the <laughs> she doesn't write fantasy. <laughs> it's very different. Um, and it's it's very different. As well, like your other stuff. Yeah. It doesn't exactly. have Yeah, so speculative fiction and me, you know, under Sarah Gay, it, people just didn't, it just did not click for them. But the moment, you know, like I released more romantic comedy, they were like, uh, this is the Sarah that we know. Yeah. Um, so we will dive in and we'll take a chance on that. And so I do think it's important. I mean, for, for four years I, I wrote just under Sarah Gay and, you know, I mean, I thought it was going to be fine doing a lot of mixed genres, but it actually hasn't paid off as well as what I thought it would. 
So, um, so yeah, so now I'm really starting to look into um, doing more books but under another name hmm. and starting a new pen name. So I'm a bit excited about that because it's like start. It, yes, there's a lot of work involved, but it's starting fresh and it's, and it's bringing new ideas and concepts. So that's where I'm branding right now, um, getting a new pen name ready to launch and you know that's coming up with the new branding concept and but still really bringing me into it like the author the writer is me and so a lot of my personality is in that just because the name changes you know I don't I don't want a whole false persona um, I don't think I'd be very good at that so yeah no, <laughs> so what they get is still me yeah I think that's really cool okay so does that wind up your your consistency in appearance? No? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes, um, for appearance, yes. <coughs> Sorry. Um, my only word on that as well, my final word, is I actually don't have a, lo- a logo and uh, contemplated. So I've got my cat trying to drink <laughs> from my, well, it's not approaching, but it keeps coming up to my, my mug to have a sniff. It's like, no, away. <laughs> He's going to end up on the podcast one day. Um, yeah, is I don't have a logo and I I have thought about it multiple times, but again, it's been one of those things, you know what, I'll think about that later. Um, yeah. So all I use is a headshot photo that a friend took a few years ago and um, luckily it's, you know, recent enough that I still look like <laughs> I do. <laughs> You do. <laughs> Minus the makeup. Um, it's quite funny, actually. It was, a, it was taken in a windy day in um, like in the country area up here and um, I, my hair is very windswept and 1980s romance novel <laughs> cover. Oh, I love it. It's a nice picture. <laughs> I do. I, I like, it's a photo I don't mind. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and that's all I've used. So, yeah, if you don't, you know, if you don't have the skills to design a logo like me, um, just go with the photo for now and then build on from that. Okay, so this is the bit though I think that people really have issues with and that is um, consistency in your actions. So here's the way that I, in my analytical way, the way that I've broken this down. So we've talked about it's going to be consistency in finding your writing habit, doing things like your newsletter, blog or social media posting and consistency in your marketing. You might be good at one of these, you might be good at all three of these, or you might suck at most of these. I personally suck at the marketing. (laughs) I don't do it. And when Sarah was saying she actually picks an activity to do, you know, once a month, I was like, oh, I like that. That is something I can do. (laughs) I I haven't yet, but I will when I release next year with a fiction and I have more fiction books to look at. I'll do that. In terms of... um, yeah, like so. I think once you find the little the thing that works for you that you can do, that makes things easier. So, how do you actually get to be more consistent in your actions? Um, the way that I see it, and this is working in clinic for years, helping people change their diet and lifestyle as a naturopath was basically changing habits. And so, all we're really talking about here is changing the habit. How do you get people to change? the habits they don't want and create the habits they do want. And so one is you got to recognize what your current habits are, know how you want to change them and then make the steps so that you can change them. 
The other thing is to reduce the barriers. So it makes it easier for you to do the thing that you want to do. So, uh, you know, for example, um, you know, I'll just use an example from clinic because it's easier and to um, describe it. So, you know, people want to get healthier. They would have to do things like actually have healthy food in the house for starters because it's hard to cook healthy meals if you don't have vegetables in the house. <laughs> uh, and reducing the other barrier so that's reducing a barrier so that way when they actually get that energy that they think like hey i want to cook a meal they've got what they need there um and the other thing is helping to change the habits they don't want anymore so it, instead of grabbing a packet of chips or a block of chocolate when they're feeling bored um it might be switching the chocolate for a healthier snack so maybe it's a chocolate bliss ball or chocolate coated fruit I don't know something something that's a step closer obviously you don't want to go from all or nothing some people can something with chocolate in it <laughs> yeah so maybe it's going to dark chocolate or you know what I mean like <laughs> so just think about what the next healthier step would be for you and start developing that before that session comes along where you're going to be bored or sad or whatever that makes you want the chocolate so that way you're already primed to reach for the dark chocolate or the bliss ball instead of the um, chocolate mud cake or whatever it is okay so in writing how does this look so setting up the habit reducing the um, the barriers might be simply if you like to write at your desk don't have clutter on your desk so you can actually sit there and open your computer and write at it <laughs> um, it might be have a desk um <laughs> you know if you don't have a desk it might be hard for you you might have to then go out to the cafe and it might be raining and you might just think i can't be bothered or i don't have money so reduce that habit by having the space that you want to work at um what are other barriers that i've got um uh, this works with the branding and the showing up so for example um with the cooking show, our videos, the very first videos I did, we were all in makeup. You know, we had the apron on, the kitchen was clean and sparkly. And it was, it's really hard to maintain that because I'm not naturally a makeup wearer. <laughs> and um, for me, that was a real barrier. So I hated doing photos with me in them because I thought, oh no, everyone's going to expect everything to look like these professional photo shots that we've had at the beginning. And I just can't have a professional photo shop every uh, photo, um, you know, session every week. Uh, yeah. I had toddlers, <laughs> you know? And so what I can do is I can use my phone though, and I can take a photo um, with the phone and I don't mind being seen without makeup. So <laughs> I started making it more sustainable with that. So that way there wasn't so much of a barrier for me to show up. And um, so I can take a decent photo with my phone. I don't need to get out the DSLR every single time. I've, obviously for the cookbooks I do because that's a special occasion. But for, you know, the everyday posts on social media, I usually now just use my phone. Um, what else? Um, oh, so I've got a note here about changing habits. So when you work out the habit that you want to change, um, in the beginning, I saw this all the time, and I think I probably talked about this a little bit in episode three, um, people get excited when they're starting a new venture. They're going to write a book. They get down, they start writing, 
a few weeks into the new habit or they want to get healthy, they start exercising, they start cooking good meals, you know, a few weeks into it though, things get hard and that new starting excitement energy wears off and then it just becomes a daily monotony. <laughs> and yes. as I said, like you're going for a walk and then it starts raining or it's cold and you're like, I don't feel like getting out of bed at six o'clock today. Um, to walk or to write or whatever or you know you go to cook and you're like mm, I've only got one carrot left the recipe calls for two so you know I can't make it <laughs> we'll get takeaway you know? and <laughs> that's something I would do <laughs> <laughs> it's what everybody does and so I think you have to be able to um not laugh at yourself a bit but you just you have to be able to observe yourself and be like okay Lise you know or Sarah let's look at look at what we're doing here and let's let's try and really change it so so I think one is understand that it's easy in the beginning when you're excited and then when real life kicks in and takes over, it's harder to maintain. So what that means is on that Wednesday morning when it is really cold at 6am and you don't feel like getting up to write if that's your writing time, maybe you don't write at 6am that day. Maybe you write later on in the day when you can. Um, you know, and you start to change the habit. So for those cold, wintry days, you're writing when it's warm-up, something like that, okay? Or, you know, you've got your habit and then the kids are home sick from school and it's harder to write while they're there. So maybe just for that day, you do a little bit when they go to bed at night. It's just about recognising where the interruption to your schedule is. If it's a one-off, then absorb it because that's okay. Have a piece of mud cake for one day, one day. But when it becomes every day, that's then when you need to change the habit again. What do you reckon? Yeah. Well, yes, food, food and I have a, a deep love affair. <laughs> I just use it as an example, but we'd write the, it the same thing. Like, that's what I mean. Like, the, the, chocolate, the chocolate calls me back every time and, and don't, don't get me started on cheesecake. So the diet would end in about five seconds flat if somebody shows up with cheesecake. Um, <laughs> I think with uh, consistency for me, you know, it's taken me – years and I think I'm only just starting to without even knowing it to be honest um I'm only just starting to sort of get this consistent thing going mm. as an author like now probably the last what you reckon this year I reckon yeah I changed I a lot this, really year. this year yeah yeah so these are some of the things and it absolutely some of these things drive my husband insane but um so I said a certain amount of hours a week aside to write. So my minimum to actually put uh, pen to paper or fingers to computer is 10 hours. Mm -hmm. um, that's a minimum and that's just for writing. I mean, I needed that consistency to push something out so I could keep going. And when I break it down, it was, you know, two hours a day that I could fit in somewhere to write, even if it was crap. Um, it just keeps me in the story if I keep doing it. So um, that's what I have for a week. I, I have a minimum of 10 hours. What I work on um, with everything else as an author, you know, that, that can be anywhere from 40 to 80 hours a week. I mean, your whole life is about writing because you just love it that much. But Sometimes it could overtake. So my minimum was 10 hours. Now, the thing that drives my husband insane because, you know, 
you're always available via your mobile phone. And you've got this many a times, Lisa, from me. (laughs) I put my phone on silent and I switch off the internet or else I have a habit of wanting to look at Facebook. See, that's reducing Um, the barrier, isn't it? That's getting... (laughs) That's right. So that's a space... Every time I hear the ding... I would go and check Facebook or my messenger. So I had to force myself as soon as I know I'm going to start writing, I turn off the internet and I silence my phone and it drives my husband insane. Like he'll ring me and he's like, I've rung like 10 times and you haven't picked up. And I'm like, well, you should know better by now. I was writing, so deal with it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... That's a consistency that I've really pulled up this year. Um, So I'm not available because I shouldn't have to be available. You know, people think because I work from home and write that it's just a hobby and I can Mm. be available whenever they want me to be. Yeah. Um, And that's just not the case. I mean, words aren't going to pump themselves out and this is something that I love. So I want to put time aside as a career. Um, And the other consistency, which was really hard for me to do, but I'm actually loving it now, is as soon as the children come home, my computer goes off. Yeah. And um, I think that was really important because, you know, it's hard when you're in the middle of a story and you have a scene to do, but, you know, I didn't want to keep ignoring them or half listening to what they had to tell me. Hmm. Um, So family is really important. and. I I really think that at a certain time, I mean, if you have family, I mean, each person to their own for consistency, but um, it's really important. Those years go by really quickly. So uh, that is something that I do. I don't write once the kids are at home or I wait until they're in bed uh, and then I'll pick up where I've left off. So they are my three consistencies for the year. Well, I I like that. And that makes me think of um, like something that, we were chatting about last time we were chatting about this. So I'm gonna, about two years ago, I did an interview with someone. This is when I first started, um, first started to work for me. And um, so what I was telling her that I'd realised, because it was like, yeah, we had to make these massive changes. And what I, sorry, it's the kids making so much noise. Um, what I had to do, I got a one of those planners I think you know Kiki K does them but you know I've seen them at office works where you get like the week yes. planner oh and yeah what that I doesn't did, work for me <laughs> no like I, I don't use them every week no what I did was I had this list of all these things I wanted to do and I think I was about to release season three or something and there was this list of everything I, I wrote the micro jobs out and how long it would take me to do them and then I set business hours for myself on this planner because I thought this is crazy like I am burnt out and so I thought how many hours a week um do I actually what hours do I want to work so I didn't set the limit I just said like when do I want to work and I did this thing it's like the kids getting older you know I don't want to be vague I don't want them to think oh mummy was always on her phone they don't realize I was working yeah when I was doing that yeah that's right and so I thought okay that's it yeah after school I don't I didn't want to work um, and I didn't want to work on the weekends because I thought, you know what, like I hated my retail jobs because I was always working Thursday night and weekends. And what did I go and do? I created my own 
business, I, I will use the word funding because I didn't make the money. <laughs> I created my own job for myself where I'm working after hours and weekends. <laughs> yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. And so I thought, no, nah, no, nah, time to change. I'm in control here. So yeah, I blocked out those times and then I actually worked out the hours that I had available through the week. And so it worked out to about, I think it's 25 hours once you take into account taking the kids to school and bringing them home, you know, all of that and lunch and all of that. And, um, and then I, I looked at this list that I had of the tasks I had to do and how long each task was going to take. And I, I counted the time up. <laughs> I was working like 60 hours plus 60 to 80 hours in the week. I, to get everything done, but on the calendar, in my mind, I thought I should be able to get it all done in this 25 hours. <laughs> yes. Like, no, this is so not, like, you know, there's a reality disconnect there. And that's when it really started to hit me. And so it was like, okay, I have to pair things back. Like, I can't maintain this. My body was saying no. And so, yeah, yeah I really went through. And so as when I came over to start the fiction, I had already started implementing that. Um, that practice. So, I mean, I don't write it out every week now because my tasks are vastly different. But what I did was that made me realise how much time I had to to actually work in and to try not to put too much on my plate so that I could get things done in the time that I had. So if you're feeling like you're working all the time, maybe try that exercise, you know, get the get draw up a, the week, block out the times you want to work or you have to work. And then write down the tasks you want to get done and the time attached to each of them. And then how are those numbers? <laughs> Do they balance yeah. or are they out of balance? And if they're out of balance, then you're going to have to realize things are going to take longer than you want them to take. And, yep. you know, and all of this builds, it might be in the beginning, you, you know, you're writing, the writing will come first because you need the books in order to be able to mark up them. And once you've got the books, then you, you start doing those things. So, yeah, and I think the only other thing I'd like to say here is um, with consistency, it needs patience, like building up a following, building up sales. From what I've seen, it takes patience and um, that might not come naturally and it's really yeah. hard to keep showing up and doing the task if you're not getting feedback from it, which you usually won't be in the early days. So um, that's where trying to keep yourself motivated. So having a buddy who can help motivate you. So this is what, what why we're doing the podcast. <laughs> um, it's to help motivate us and reflect back on what we've achieved in the last week um, and with our goals. And so to check in, I heard a really cool um, idea. I think I mentioned in the first episode, I was listening to Paul Teague's self-publishing journeys and he says he does the quarterly um, review or a quarterly goal setting um, approach. And I really like that idea because I used to set my goals yeah. at the beginning of the year, like not formally, I just think about what I wanted to get done. And then, you know, you get to November, it's like, oh my God, I haven't written four books yet <laughs> or whatever. And, you know, that's crazy. Whereas at least if you're setting the goals quarterly, you're probably going to be less likely to set crazy amount of achieve things that are hard to achieve. And yeah, yeah. you can also reset the course. So some motivators, what have I done? I, one of my goals this year was to read more. And so I created a Goodreads 
reading challenge for myself. And I set a hundred books because I thought I would be able to achieve it. I'm falling short of that. <laughs> I'm certainly going to make 50 by the end of the year. <laughs> I'm probably not going to make the hundred. And I thought I could change that. So it looked like I achieved my goal. But then I thought, you know what? That doesn't bother me. I don't feel that panic of, oh, I didn't reach the goal. I just think, okay, what I did was my expectations about what I thought I would be able to get done this year with all the changes. Um, was bigger than the reality of the time that I had. So I'll keep that. So then I can see next year, am I getting better at managing my time? You know, am I making that time to read each day uh, as well as the time to write and release and all of that stuff. So, yeah, so there's some thoughts. And I think, you know, uh, with indie authors, we often think, oh, you know, what we're doing is so different from writers who are trying to get traditionally published. But I think in this patience and persistence thing, I don't think we are different. I mean, people who are trying to get traditionally published, they work at the craft for years with no feed, external mm. feedback to see how they're going. And I think there's something in that. <laughs> I think if you can have that ability to be laser focused and motivated in the face of no um, return, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. is that the right word? Yeah. I think there's something in that. And um, yes, I like listening to podcasts with interviews with traditionally published authors and I hear about how long their journeys took them before their books were found and they didn't give up they just kept on writing and plotting away and absolutely absolutely so plot away (laughs) small steps (laughs) so okay well that brings today's chat to an end we thought next week we might talk maybe about health which is kind of related with being um consistent And like Sarah said last week, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. You can't write the books without you. That's right. (laughs) Um, I mean, technically you could get a ghostwriter, but that's not what we're doing. We're writing our own books because we like writing. (laughs) That's right. So, um, yeah, so we'll talk about that. And we thought it might be a good time to check in on the goals that we, we declared in episodes one and two. And, um, yeah, so have a great week. If you've got any thoughts or what do you do? How do you keep consistent? Have you got tips? Um, let us know. Come and mention them to us on the Instagram page. I think Sarah wrote a, um, a post asking what your advice to other authors would be. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah, or let us know by the Anchor app. Do you have any parting words for today, Sarah? Um, oh, I'm not very wisdom-wise today. <laughs> I, I think... My parting words would be maybe I'm a real person to sit down. I have messy notebooks, as I say, um, and I just jot things down as I'm going. I think, you know, sit down and, and maybe work on two areas in your career that you could make consistent yeah. um, and stick to them. That way you're not going to overwhelm yourself, but, you know, it's it put you a step ahead. Yeah. So, you know, like we did. So turn the internet off if you're going to write. <laughs> Just something like that because it can change your productivity. Yeah. So that is my, my little nugget of, of uh, <laughs> encouragement for you today. Excellent. All right, guys, have a great week. Bye. Bye.